This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. That, uh, I didn't lose one single minute analyzing what UEFA and FIFA, they have to, they have to analyze. Um, if I go into, into that analyze, I, I, I have to ask if the team that finished second in 2018 is going to be champion, yes or no. <laughs> that would be, would be interesting. But, um, but joke apart, I just wait calm. I don't think about four or five. I just think about do the best we can, the, the more points we can, the best position we can. And in the end of the season, we will see where we are because maybe we are six or seven and then it doesn't matter if the fifth goes to Champions League. So we have a, a big fight. Um, you could see yesterday Liverpool first against the last. You could see today uh, Villa fighting for uh, to stay on the division and us fighting for the top position, how difficult it was. This is the Premier League. So when we speak about the fifth, I think the fifth now, for sure, Wolves, Sheffield, Manchester United, Arsenal, Everton, Everybody looks to the table and week after week they say we can do it. And they can. So it's going to be very hard. Off the ball kicks off now on BFM 89.9. Tottenham boss Jose Mourinho talking about the top five for this season and for very good reason too. Hi there, I'm Ross. This is Off the Ball and in the studio with me we've got Kishnan. Hello, hello. Hello, Keish. Uh, Nicholas Arnold is also here. Hello, Ross. All right, Nick. And uh, Craig Marias, of course. All right, mate. Hello. Uh, tweet us at BFM Radio. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. It's BFM Football. Um, big news literally happened two and a half hours, three hours after our Friday show because... News tends to happen that way. <laughs> What's the fact that UEFA slapped a two-year ban from the Champions League on Manchester City? So that's kind of dominated, the, um, hence the, the, the remark Jose Mourinho said. Because if this ban is upheld, then top five this season will qualify, obviously minus Man City, for the Champions League. So first about the ban, it's FFP-related. It was coming. I don't think City could have escaped that. You read all the details. Apparently, they just didn't furnish reports. They just ignored demands for but, reports and yeah, stuff like that. It's, there's, there's two sides to this, right? One is that this is... Obviously, we've heard of financial fair play scandals in the past. You know, PSG have been involved in a number of of uh, you know uh, crisis uh, regarding FFP before. A number of other clubs uh, have been involved too. But in the case of Man City, it isn't just a breach of rules. They have you know refused to submit to those rules. They have refused to you know provide certain documents. They have tampered certain accounts. They have altered certain numbers, and it's essentially them waging war against UEFA, which is the second part of the crisis because this has been a scandal or this has been a battle. Um, that's long destined to happen and it's finally here mm-hmm. because Man City are not just the club. 
it's it's a company it's a it's an organization that it's is a buying worldwide club company. worldwide yeah, yeah, yeah. more recently they've just bought their what eighth or ninth club yeah, in india yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's an organization that ha- that has bought multiple clubs and has the ability to interchange players and and networks and scouting and and as an organization that's continuing to grow this big the city group yeah. the war between the city group and football uh, and regulators was always going to come and it's finally here yeah. and man city judging by their statement and judging by what executives have been saying for a number of years now that UEFA might be a football regulation body but you know we're, we're not going to pander to them we're not we're not going to yeah. bow down yeah, yeah, judging yeah, yeah. by everything that they've been saying this is a battle that's going to get only bigger and it's only going to involve more parties as we go along well they've got by by the letter of the law they've got 10 days from last friday to appeal to the uh, court of arbitration for sport um I don't know. As an outsider looking at it, when it all came up Friday, two-year ban, my, my instant thought was they'll just do one year. I mean, they'll, you know what I mean. And they might be, drag it out. They might first. drag it out, and, yeah. and that's the thing, you know. Um, you know, this is they're not banned until you know they're proven guilty until you know, the appeal is until processed the appeal as well, and, yeah. and everything like that. So, I mean, they're still eligible to play. Um, you know, this season, you know, there, there were some people that are saying, oh, does that mean they're immediately banned? I mean, it's not coming to immediate effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, how City will play this? I mean, they're no mugs either. Absolutely. You know, they, they must have long all they, known all along, you know, at some point, you know, there's a possibility that this could happen yeah. and there's a way out of it. Now, with them appealing it, they, they obviously feel that they do have a case. Um, and, and, you know, from, from, from us, it's going to be interesting because, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I can't remember any team being banned I, I was, uh, from, I was, from the Champions League I was for re- FFP related. I read a, a tweet from a sports lawyer that said, if this happens, every single Manchester City player can technically walk away from the club because the club are in breach of contract. I think there's that. But then, uh, you know, it, it, it's emerged they could be ducked. Uh, deducted Premier League points from yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. have, have titles stripped I off mean, of them yeah. and, and, and you know I mean it, it suddenly becomes like a, a, such a massive it's, thing though. it's massive you know it's it's not just them breaching financial fair play rules if you you, you read excerpts of uh, the emails that were leaked by football leaks yeah, yeah. back in 2018 yeah. by Der Spiegel in yeah, Germany yeah. I mean they, they were part where where city executives were you know laughing at a UEFA board member passing away saying that you know one is down six more to go and you know you, you've got Chairman Calder Al Mubarak mm, coming out with mm. statements like or saying internally within the club that we would rather drag cases out in court rather than pay fines, mentioning it to Gianni Infantino. So you've had things like this that have yeah. been leaked out. So this is just a lot deeper than a club spending more than okay. it's allowed to. Okay, so on, on the surface, say say this happens. Now now this is this is kind of piled a bit of pressure on, on Pep. Uh, on his summer rebuilding thoughts, well, that's going to be different now. Well, I mean, I mean, there's that, and there's whether he'll, he'll still be there. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, if, if a decision's been Does made, he by have then, to stomach for it. You but, know, yeah. I mean, you're talking about you know being deducted, the possibility of losing some of you know basically the team that he's built. Um, you know, uh, and I'm sure you know. You know, how important Champions League football is. Well, they can't to, give to, the to some of these. a pay rise now, can <laughs> yeah. they? Time for Woodward to put in a cheeky bit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think, of I think the, the, the way City have been going about this is they are acting more defiant towards the FFP yeah. and UEFA. So it is seemingly more like a battle that they are bound to lose. Bear in mind that UEFA had already begin to charge them as early as November last year and mm, City had mm. intervened and CAS had uh, dismissed um, City's intervention on 
the case of uh, at, at admissible. So City had already knew about this all along, and they were already trying to intervene. And if you look at the at the main charge that is being charged towards City, it's on the grounds of overstating the sponsorship revenue. Yes. Now the yeah, main yeah, sponsorship yeah. revenue comes from the Etihad, which yeah. amounts to about close to 70 million. And on paper, um, Etihad are only sponsoring Man City. 8 million. The balance of the money, 60 million, is coming is out of the owner's own pocket. I just watched so Narcos. So you've tempered It's all like sorts of, <laughs> of evidence which which now amounts to taxation I mean, issues I, I, which... which yeah, uh, yeah. Well, th- this is this is going to get big, like like you guys have, have already predicted. I, I want to wrap this up by, by, by asking. So FFP, I understand, financial fair play. Is this good for football? Is FFP keeping elite clubs elite? Because you've got you've got Man City now, uh, the new the new kid on the block who wants to be an elite club. Mm. So they're doing it. They, they're pumping money into the club. They, they're doing everything they think they can legally do, but FFP is saying no. No, but yeah. M- Miguel Delaney wrote an exceptional piece on the Independent earlier uh, last week about uh, football's death or ongoing decay, um, and it was brilliant because he talks about how. You know the, the the global football world is so obsessed with the elite clubs, with the you know the the, the top of the the cream of the crop in, in in the Champions League that we forget that more and more smaller institutions, where a lot of these elite clubs originally came from, yeah, yeah. are dying one by one. And I while I you know I, I obviously have a lot of question marks over FFP, not so much about the concept or the idea, but rather the efficacy of what. UEFA currently have whether it's good enough, mm. but I think that FFP needs to be a lot stronger, yeah. not just on PSG but any other club because you've you got this, to balance the scale. Yeah, yeah. But this is point. what they try to do. I mean, this like like I said, you know, correct me if I'm wrong again. You know, I don't know, uh, I can't remember of any club, you know, in playing in the Champions League being banned yeah. for for FFP yeah. reasons. Now, for them to come out and make a you know statement out of City. You know what they're going to use City as a, a real example, you know, and, and then you look, and then you look at your PSGs and everything. Yeah. You know, surely they're going to have a look at that and and say, and, all right, and and straight after if they're done with City, you know, they, make no mistake about it, they'll probably look into PSG yeah, straight yeah. after. Yeah. But you get the feeling that this was only done because those documents were leaked yeah. to football yeah, leagues, yeah, yeah, and the yeah, guy yeah, who leaked yeah, it yeah. is in jail yeah, in yeah, Portugal yeah, at the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. If that wasn't done, would we ever get to this point? How true. many other clubs are breaching FFP true. at the moment? True, true. In, but, in, but in, yeah, in, in terms of, of the leaked documents, City are there, are where they are now because of the leaked documents. But to be fair to FFP, they have been doing this on a on a on a global scale ever since they were they were formed. You know, you see smaller clubs like Levski, Sofia, like Besiktas. They've all been banned in the past. So, mm. you know, City obviously have garnered so much of ad- attention because of the prestige and mm. the reputation mm. that they are. But I don't think they should be faulted for, uh, you know, now only coming tra- and trying to intervene simply because of uh, leaked emails. Of course, there has to be a bit more regulations. And I think it has to be a bit more clear cut on on how the investigations are conducted and, and the people involved and the procedures involved. Um, but uh, this this is a this is also you know a wake up call for for the other clubs that they can't simply tamper with the system you know yeah well th- this one's going to drag so let's leave the FFP stuff for now and, and talk a little bit about the football 
Um, the second weekend of the first ever EPL winter break was on. So we had we had four five matches. We had a Friday match, which was nil nil. We're not talking about that one. <laughs> we'll start with with the, the Sunday game, which was a lot of fun. Aston Villa two, Tottenham Hotspur three. Um, Son Hyun Min hitting his fiftieth for Spurs. And you've got a feel for Aston Villa. I mean, soft right centre. <laughs> right at the death. Right at the death. I mean, it, it started wrong. Their the original central defend, defender is not available, right? Mings. Yeah, um, you know, he's, he's a big miss for that back line. Um, you know, but, but but you look at the way Engels performed. I, mean, I don't think he had a horrible game. I no, mean, he, he, did. Gonna, he didn't. He didn't. Yeah, no, he didn't. He's going to come out, obviously, he you know, conceded a, a penalty. <laughs> yeah, he's very involved in the game. Yeah. He conceded a penalty, scored a goal, and uh, and then made a mistake for the winner. Um, Villa, Villa started really well in this game, you yeah. know, and after they got the, the first goal through an on goal, um, I, I really thought, you know, they were going to take, take, take the game to Spurs. Go back to the, uh, the the penalty incident, um, you know, you know which which Engels conceded. You know, I, I you know I, I told you guys off air. You know, I, I still think it was soft. I I, um, I understand. No, no, not many. Oh, not no Spurs players were appealing for it. No, in in real in real time, it looked like a superb tackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Everybody just thought, what a tackle. To, in in the box doing He's that. Timed that well He's and timed you know everything well. yeah. because you could see the ball kind of went in that direction so everything looked in the defender's yeah. favor right uh, but, but if you look at the replay he did clip yeah he did clip there was I mean, clear contact there yeah. there was contact but i mean i i just think you know, and we've seen it throughout the season. I think we've seen some some ridiculous penalties being given by, from VAR. I mean, it, it goes down to like how how you know literally you want to take the rule. I mean, yes, there's contact, but there's never going to be a challenge without contact, is there? Yeah, you know, reg- yeah, yeah. regardless of of how you tackle, whether you get the ball, there's always going to be some sort of contact. Uh, and then it, you know, once again, you know, the referee's not making the decision. You know, which which kind of changes things again. It's it's people who aren't even at the ground that that are looking uh, looking and at it. You, there's a monitor right right at pitch side. You know, f- for the referee to go there yeah. and make his own assumption. Well, I still don't understand yeah, why I mean, they, no, we, why referees yeah, are not yeah. using I, that. I, I think that's actually causing the biggest problem because fans yeah. now know it's two decisions. You you take the on-field referee going to make yeah. his own decision, we looking could, at the pictures, yeah. going, okay, either but, I messed up or no. At but, this point, but, but the funny at thing this point, is, over the last was in in the last month or so, yeah. we've seen maybe a couple of referees go to yeah, pitch yeah, and do yeah, yeah, yeah. so so it's it, it's either a rule or it's not it, it's however they feel and, and I, it just doesn't make sense i so mean for, this, for me it, it should be the guys in the in the room say okay look you might want to have, have a look, look at this that's all go, go don't make the, the call yeah, yeah. yeah yeah because this this penalty was completely VAR referee given and you could see when the referee was was trying to tell it to the players. He just kept pointing to his headset. Yeah. Saying, yeah. It was there. What, he can't what, explain. What he, he can't justify. Yeah. But yeah, what because baffles it's not me is these referees are, are coming into the prim- their Premier League met, uh, referees for for years. You know they have tons of experience. Why are they allowing? their refereeing power to be taken away from them yeah, by listening to someone when big, they have... No, but it's a fellow referee, though. In, in, in True that, but they are the, they but are they the have official the power for the game. They yeah. have the power to go. At the end of the day, yeah. they, they should be able to decide but, if, but it's, we don't if it's a know, pen or not. But we don't know for sure if they have the power... 
could disagree with the man in the well, US. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? No, yeah. but, but what's the difference from, from a referee going to the pitch? Uh, yeah, so to, I don't know. I, I, I honestly mean, am not from, from, 100% from what, sure about what the implementation policy is like with VAR in England at the moment. Because at the World Cup, we yeah, all yeah, saw was referees yeah. going to the screen yeah. and then making the Even call. Which, the which I thought worked yeah. really well. Yeah. 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 That was yeah. straightforward. I don't, I don't mind, you know, Penalties, but even if the referee went to, to 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 the monitor and he gave that penalty, yeah. you can't say much about it because because then again, you know, he's gone there, he's seen, he feels it's a penalty. I, I'm okay with that, but when, when someone else is there and making refereeing decisions, yeah. you know, it, yeah. I mean, why, you know, sooner or later we're and, not going to have a referee. And that, in a nutshell, is the problem with the English VAR. We will have this conversation again in yeah, a couple yeah, of weeks. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Until absolutely. you solve that problem. Okay. Well, as far as on pitch action goes, big, yeah, big result for Spurs. Yeah. Big result for Spurs. But so uncharacteristic of of a Jose Mourinho side. Yeah. 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 The more I watch this Spurs team, hey, the more I feel that he is slowly evolving as a manager, which is a good thing for him because or else he he you know he gets outdated in a in a modern football game. But you you see him slowly evolving. You see teams like Spurs taking a lot more risks. Then you'd usually see Mourinho side This was like NBA. Yeah, but this yeah. was like they, they're giving each other a chance. Go, go on, you have your attack now. Yeah, and then supposed to go. Right, we're having a go now. But but, the, but that's what I'm coming to. I, I I don't think so so much because I think you know against a team like Villa, you know you, you kind of expected to go for it. If we if we look if we look back at the you know the games that they played against the big sides, you know. You, you can see Jose yeah. Mourinho performances. No, but, but the City match was a Jose Mourinho but, performance. But, but you'd you usually can't say he's Jose... evolved. No, you cannot say he's evolved. No, he's slowly evolving. We, we, we said it was and we said it was a typical no, Jose Mourinho was. performance. So I don't. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that that wasn't a Jose Mourinho performance. All I'm saying is, whilst he's still doing it in big games, in smaller games, you if this was Man United under Jose Mourinho, I'd I'd expect United to be a lot more conservative. Yeah, but right? you got to go down inside the first you ten have, minutes. No, you. Have you have to, to come out. After you have that. to, but the fact that he went a bit more offensive in this game, I felt that that was a changed approach. Could you usually see Mourinho being a bit more conservative, uh, even against the smaller sides? Yeah, okay. It's not like he stuck two two strikers up front for this game or anything like <laughs> but that. He, he played the same formation. Okay, it was okay, exactly. Nah, nah. So you go you go goal down after ten minutes. You've got to come out at some point. Yeah. You've got to come out and have a go. Song Hyung Min is world class. Um, six oh, goals in his ridiculous. last five. I mean, he when just when you go well, Harry Kane, who's going to replace the goals in inside number nine? Son but but that's always been the Son Heung Min crisis, yeah, right? Yeah. Whenever Kane goes out yeah. injured, he performs as a central striker. Kane comes back, you know he. Okay, I want to ask you this now. Um, tomorrow, Gareth Southgate has to name his Euro twenty twenty squad. Tomorrow, he has place for one more central attacking midfielder. <laughs> And it's down to, right now, today, based on form, Jack Grealish or James Madison? Oh. Um, Jack Grealish. Yeah, me. Jack Grealish. For me. For sure. Oh, if you talk about today, yeah. yeah. So, Ma- Madison's had I, I, one assist or, or goal in his last 12. Grealish ran the midfield in this in for, for Villa again. I mean, I mean, why I'd go Jack Grealish? I think he's more versatile, number one. I mean, you can play him out on either wing. Uh, you can play him through the middle. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he takes people on, which which I always like. I'm always a fan of that. I think Madison's a little bit different. I think he's more of a yeah. Dele Alli Correct. type, type, yeah. uh, and, type player. And, and I mean, uh, I love Jack Grealish, don't get me wrong, but I, I the, I'm slightly... Uh, favoring James Madison for this because I think that England have got tremendous amount of players who can 
take on players mm. yeah, you, you've got your, your Jaden Sancho Raheem yeah, Sterling yeah. you know players that will, will, will that will run at defenders and, and they're not afraid to take them on even Marcus Rashford for that matter yeah. if you put him on the flanks I think Madison just offers a bit more stability with, with Jack Grealish he's a bit more hard working uh, uh, fulfills defensive duties as well um, from that creative playmaker role so I, I mean both players are tremendous and I think it's going to be a difficult decision for yeah. Gareth Southgate but yeah, I'm man. slightly favouring James Madison Alright fair enough well done Tottenham for beating Aston Villa Aston Villa are well and truly in a relegation dogfight with a dozen games to go. First break of the evening. When we come back, we'll talk about the champions-elect Liverpool next. Where's the try? And he's always prepared to give it a go. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. Captain, leader, legend... Off the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, Craig, Nick and Keish in the studio talking about Liverpool in action Saturday night. It was bottom versus top. Uh, Norwich 1-0. They got away with a 1-0 loss. Saidomani came on as a sub, scored. Liverpool are now... 25 points ahead of the second place team. They've taken 102 points from the last 105 available. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, the red machine just keeps rolling on, you know. Um, and, and it is what it is, you know. I mean, I, I was watching this game and, and they, I wouldn't say they were struggling, but they were, they were comfortable. They were, they were comfortable. And, um, and, and for me... Uh, this Liverpool side, the difference between them last season and this season is that they can grind out results. And that's so important. You know, it's all right playing fancy football, great attacking football, spectators love it and all that. But, you know, to go, you know, to Carroll Road and and, and to, you know, work for for your victory. I mean, it took Sadio Mane, like you said, Ross, you know, coming off the bench to do it. Um, you know that's just a sign of of, of confidence. That, you know they come, they can go to, go to the bench and and afford to rest a player like Sadio Mane. Yes, it's top versus bottom, but you know when they need to, they can always call him on it, and he's there to make a difference. Um, yeah, just just consistent everything everything you want in a title winning side. Uh, Liverpool have it. That that goal by Sadio Mane has to be one of the best technical goals in the Premier League. This Jordan season. Henderson assists. Hello, oh man, you jo- had stopped Dennis where winds are swirling at God knows how. How many, yeah. uh, you know, he took it down an hour. like nothing, right? He took it down like nothing with a defender at the back on his right, and then you know has to pull away slightly to an angle, and then fires it into the bottom corner with his left foot. You know, a couple of a couple of years ago, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who's a Liverpool fan, and uh, the topic of discussion was Jordan Henderson and whether he's good enough mm. if uh, Jurgen Klopp is to turn Liverpool into the greatest football club in the world. And I've always felt that Jordan Henderson is one of the most hardworking players in this Liverpool team, uh, and he. he who puts his heart on his sleeve every single time he takes to the, takes to the pitch. But in terms of quality, I've always felt um, in the past that Henderson is probably just one step below what it takes to be the best in the world. But my God, this season, this yeah. season especially, he has completely squashed all those sentiments. And, and, and I think I, do, I don't speak for myself only yeah. when I say that, you know, Jordan Henderson has proven a lot of people wrong yeah. um, think, with his performances on the pitch. For uh, uh, agreed, agreed, I think with agreed. him, there's a lot yeah. of, uh, there was a lot of added pressure as well. I mean, you think about 
you know, a few years back when Steven Gerrard left. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was vo- involved in the process of, of of picking the next Liverpool captain, and 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 Jordan Henderson was the the, the next one there, and. You know, playing in a similar position, yeah. or exactly the same position as, yeah, as Steven yeah, yeah. Gerrard. You know, there, there was always there was always that comparison. You know, or you know, he's he's good, but he's not as good as Steven Gerrard. You know, and it's something that he's probably had to live with ever since he joined the football club. Um, but like like he said, you know, now he's about to do something that Steven Gerrard never managed to do. You know, no matter how great a player he yeah. was, never managed to do, <laughs> yep, yep. and he will be that man lifting that trophy uh, in I- May. The result at what seventy six points after twenty six games is the best record at this juncture in the history of Europe's top five leagues. La Liga's Barca haven't done it. Juve haven't done it. Uh, Bayern Munich haven't done it. PSG haven't done it. This is, I mean, astonishing. We can keep just, going on. Just imagine if they stay unbeaten till the end of the season. Yeah. And they win the treble. Wow. That I'm, takes I mean, away bragging rights for yeah. every single well, Arsenal fan and, and United. United fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and looking at them now, I wouldn't be surprised you, you if they be do surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the way they're going on, I mean, was it five victories till, yeah. till they win the Premier League, yeah. right? Five uh, more. I mean, that, that's a certainty anyway. But now for them, I think the challenge is, is exactly that. You know, do it unbeaten. And you won't hear a lot of talk about it from, from them, you know, when they come out to the media. But... Inside, I think they'll be talking about the treble. The treble. Absolutely, yeah, sure. absolutely. Sure. All right. Um, bit about Norwich before we can't can't totally ignore them. Um, they are going down. No two ways about it. <laughs> <laughs> but what we've seen from this Norwich side is uh, the Daniel Farker way of playing is still ingrained in them, and that, that's half the problem. Well, well, I, I think if they if they keep with the same personnel and, and they keep progressing the way when they next come back up again it's not if it's when they next come back up again yeah. they will be a lot better prepared yeah, but how, how many clubs do you see rebound straight up well to the this is it I mean it, it's a tough it's a we tough saw, we saw Huddersfield go down yeah. all right, uh, with, with that promising German well, Stoke, manager I mean, yeah, yeah. where's Stoke these days Portsmouth you know Portsmouth I mean there's so many clubs who have, have gone down and then just struggled to get back up there so I mean you know however good it looks on, on TV right now um, you know, the, there's absolutely no guarantee that they're going to drop down to the championship and dominate it or, or, do, or be there. Do you reckon he'll have nightmares, Daniel Farker? At the end of the season, he'll go, what if I tried to direct ball for 13 games? Would yeah. that have saved me? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Route one, route one. The, the no, thing is, it, it served him so well in the championship well, last year. Yeah. You know, they absolutely dominated There's it. something very admirable about the way they keep sticking to it. And I thought, they, they you know, and it's, they, they did as well as they against Liverpool it's what, you got, it's what you got with David uh, Wagner with Huddersfield yeah, as well exactly. he, you know he, he played his own yeah. brand of football in the championship got them up it survived for a season yeah. they stayed up but second season they started yeah. struggling and eventually Huddersfield made the call to to, to let go of him and and, yeah, yeah. and they got relegated anyway but the, David Wagner is now in the um, Bundesliga Bundesliga is doing yeah. really well doing with really but the sensible yeah. thing is you, you take Farkas Norwich now you go right what you need is some steel no, but right. Ross, better but, players but, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. But, but Ross, this is this is where it comes. And and if you ask me at the, come the end of the season when we do the show, you know, describe Norwich in one word, it will be naive. Hmm. And that's what they've been. I mean, 
it's all right playing that brand of football and it, and it served him well in the Championship. This is a different kettle of fish. Yeah, you yeah. know, when, when you move up to the Premier League, I mean, we saw it in the, on the first day of the season. They played Liverpool yeah. on the first day. They got spanked four nil, I think it was four one, yeah, four one, yeah. yeah. And and you could see, I mean, they played well. No, you know, it wasn't a four one. Many game predicted their season were, from that game. Yeah, <laughs> and it's turned out that way. <laughs> but then after that, okay, yes, they're not going to play Liverpool every week. Yeah, but you know, you're going to come up against teams. You've got to be a lot more compact. You've yeah. got a lot, lot more tighter. You know, and and you've got to come away. Well, sometimes that, from that's your what principles. I mean. I mean, the progression is this game: Norwich against Liverpool. The the back four was. Slightly tighter. Yeah, there have been less mistakes because yeah. it would have been a four 0 otherwise. I, I also or a think they need better players in the team. Yeah, a lot of these yeah. players are championship quality. Yeah. I mean, you look at at Southampton. Um, Ralph Hasenhutl yeah. when he took over, he kept them up. But earlier this season, they were struggling, and at yeah. so many points, yeah. so many of us thought that he was going to get sacked. But the board trusted him. The players yeah. kept faith in even his after methods. a nine nil, well, right? After the nine nil, after that period of, yeah. of time when everyone accused yeah. him of being naive and and not keeping Southampton up. Next thing you know, that you know the the, the tides eventually changed, and and you know, Southampton has started picking yeah. up points, and they start to look like a really good, strong unit. And but, but you look at the players that they have. I mean, it's totally correct. Different so that's to, the to, different, to, right? To, to so them, like. Yeah. Like, yeah, on one hand, Daniel Farker might be naive mm-hmm. trying to play the style of football with a crop of players that he have, but one can only wonder if he had better players yeah. what this Norwich side could do. Good good, good point, good point. Um, all right, let's talk about Mikel Arteta and Arsenal. Eight goals conceded in Arteta's first 11 games in charge. Just to put that into context, uh, Unai Emery's last 11 games at Arsenal, uh, they shipped 23 goals. Wow. Okay, what you can say about Arsenal is they've also been blunted. True, they're tighter. But this was a 4-0 game. This was a hapless Newcastle side. <laughs> With a five-man defence, they still couldn't... <laughs> but it wasn't a 4-0 four, game. It wasn't a 4-0 game. Though. I mean, a you know, game, I, mean no. you, I think Newcastle would be kicking themselves to, to a certain extent because, the, I mean, the first half, they were clearly the better team, mm. uh, Newcastle. And... Um, you know, a couple of chances that they had, they really should have stuck away and, you know, sh- should have gone up, uh, gone into halftime with a bit of a cushion. Do you want to hear a scary stat? Joe Linton has had fewer shots on target than Christian Benteke <laughs> this season. Benteke's had six starts. <laughs> but I, was watching, I, I was watching him play yesterday. He's actually, he wasn't that bad. He's not, no, he, he's not he bad. Was, he's actually got pace. He was, no, he's got he, pace. But he was really good in the Bundesliga. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you see, in the Bundesliga, he always had runners. Yeah. He yeah. always had people around him, right? Yeah, yeah. He's got no one at Newcastle. I mean, the thing yesterday as well was that, you know, he spent a lot of time outside the box, yeah. you know, yeah. which, I mean, you know, the, the one where um, uh, St. Maximan, you know, beat Bellerin and, and squares it across the box and it's just a tap in for yeah. whoever's there. No and one. he's not even in the box. Yeah. He's not even knowing, I mean, he's standing outside the box. And, and you know, if you're that focal point of the attack, as I keep as I keep saying, you know, it, you have to just be in there. Yeah. But the way that Newcastle play, I mean, with, with St. Maximan, with uh, Almiron, Almiron on the other flanks with uh, with Joe Linton you, you can see a bit of rotation you know yeah. sometimes you see Joe Linton out wide and Almiron S- through the middle sometimes you and- just wonder how effective would Joe Linton be mm. if they just had traditional wingers yeah. who just yeah. bomb down yeah. the flanks yeah. and you and, and, and as, as yeah. a striker and like Joe Linton in, yeah. as a striker you know that the only thing you're going to get is balls in the box yeah, yeah, and yeah. you keep getting into the boxes right uh, but but what a, a team talk Mikhail Arteta must have given Arsenal, by the way. Well, I, I reckon the Dubai trip might have helped mm. as well. <laughs> the what, warm weather what, you training. mean they were jet-lagged for the first half? <laughs> <laughs> There's a number of Arsenal fans that have been pointing out on Twitter that 
Um, you, you can question a lot of things about Arteta since he's joined Arsenal. But if there's one thing that you can't question is that he definitely, amongst a lot of managers that have, that, that, that post Wenger, you know, Unai mm, Emery, mm. when you juxtapose it and, and you see that Arteta certainly has that ability to rile his Arsenal players up at yeah. halftime. He's done it on a few games already now with his Arsenal. Yeah. First half, a complete different performance. Yeah. Yeah. Second half, completely different. And they different. change things yeah. up and win games. Saka looks a decent <laughs> player, doesn't he? I mean, this, this is a player that he's converted from a left winger yeah. to a left yeah. back. <laughs> and he's kept Klasnic on the bench, yeah? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, this is a, you're talking about a seasoned, natural left back. You know, that he's kept on the bench and he's trusted an 18-year-old kid to come in there and fill in his boots. And what a performance. What I mean, a absolute, performance. I think absolutely. it was the second or third goal where every player had a touch before yeah, uh, scoring. Yeah, it reminded yeah. me yeah. of um, the one where... Uh, awesome back in the day. Yeah, Jack, <laughs> Jack Wilshere. Uh, ah, yeah. He he's got that amazing goal. Uh, but yeah, Mikel Arteta, he's still got a lot of work to do though. I think yeah. this is just uh, Arsenal's uh, second uh, win. Uh, and as you mentioned, uh, Dubai has done them... Um, um, a dose of good. Uh, will they will they make top six? Will they get European football next season? It, it That's re- a big ask. Yeah, isn't it? it really depends. Right now, you look you look at the central midfield and you look at at Mercedes Ozil. You know, I think he was a player who was uh, touted to leave uh, at the winter uh, transfer window, but has now stayed on. So, Jack you know, his his yeah. his performance is is still here and there. I think yeah. he's he's not quite lift up, um, and he will definitely, you know, uh, Arteta will definitely need players like him to sort of come and add a bit more creativity into the, this one. I mean, you talk uh, you, you talk about you know uh, qualifying for Europe, Ross. You know, and and there's about five teams uh, yeah, yeah, that, that in that running. You know, and uh. and it's just going to be. I mean, to call it now, um, you know. You know, it changes so often. You know, you see teams dropping points, and you know Chelsea dropping points, and then getting a win. And you know, it, you, you know, can't judge it. I mean, it, in the now, if you're going to ask me, you know, I think the top four will probably stay that, uh, and then the fifth. You know, I can see Spurs probably nicking it. Yeah, if, it looks, if you're talking about right now, looks yeah. a bridge um, too far for Arsenal to get to the Champions yeah. League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but you know, everything is still open, and whoever whoever is able to string a, a run of games together. And, and and get it. I mean, you know, it's it's safely theirs. All right, brilliant stuff. Another short break. Uh, more EPL and weekend action right after this. Because whilst he's there, it's been very difficult for other clubs to get near them. He's that good. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. England's highest quality title race of all time. But coming out on top again in the Premier League. City. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, Craig Kishinen and Nicholas in the studio. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Follow us on Facebook and on Instagram. It's BFM Football. Um, just to wrap up the weekend's football, we, we've got to talk about the Southampton Burnley game because Metej Vidra. What? He's Burnley's fourth choice striker now behind everybody else. He's still a young Czech player. Came on, hit a stunning goal. I, I saw the interview with him after the game and, and he said, in all honesty, the, so I think the girl asked him, so how was it? How was it? Uh, first goals in 2018. He went, you know, I just closed my eyes and <laughs> as hard as I could. It looked like that. It looked like he just hit it and hoped. Man has been starved of so many opportunities that when it comes, you've just got to close your eyes and take it. And be honest about it yeah. later. <laughs> this game was swirling conditions. It was yeah. Storm. I don't know. They had Storm Sierra last week. It was Storm Dennis, Dennis this week. Yeah, I can't, I can't keep up. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. What's going on with these Storms? I mean, Storms are Storm, right? <laughs> Surely. 
but yeah, uh, good win for Burnley. And yet again, they're safe. And, and that's mm. a testament to, to Sean Dyche. I was reading that Sean Dyche said um, his team talk was helped by Southampton's program notes because they singled out a Burnley <coughs> player saying uh, he's not he's pretty average. And they also said Burnley only play one style of football and all that. So literally, Sean Dyche just went, there you go, yeah. have mm-hmm. a read of this. And, and they came out firing. Yeah. How's that for motivation? Eh? <laughs> How's that for motivation? Yeah. Uh, no, no, it, it, was a, it was a big win because um, I actually didn't see, see them winning this. No. Um, I, you know, the, the form that Southampton are in. When Ings got him going back swear, in yeah, it, and, yeah. and, and when Ings scores, you know, it, it's usually a, a good omen and a good sign for Southampton. But, um, you know, credit to Burnley. You know, they, they, they deserve it because, you know, they got off to a bit of a... Uh, uh, a bad start this season, didn't they? I mean, it's, it, you can see, you know, the one style of football and all that. And, you know, I think it's it, it, it's always a bit harsh. Um, they're because, limited. Sean, Let's call them a limited They're limited. But, but Sean Dyche is, is I, I do like him as a manager. Yeah. You know, you can say what you want. I mean, Sam Allardyce has been labelled the same thing, one dimension and all this. But these are managers who have done well at clubs. Do, do you know what you know? Sean so, Dyche also said? He said the ball to Vidra was 35 yards. He said, <laughs> but everyone's going to say it's a long ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you see goals being scored from 35 yards now, you know? But, um, all right, so well done, Burnley. That, in a nutshell, is your weekend's EPL. One more game tonight, tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. kickoff. Chelsea in fourth against Manchester United in ninth. Now the race for fifth is on. Uh, of course, first day of the season, it was 4 0. Uh, it was never a 4 0 game. <laughs> Another yeah. one of those never, never 4 0 games. Um, but yeah, it was 4 0. Um, I, I, I seem to think Lampard's doesn't forget things like that. He he doesn't let go. You can you can you expect he'll be harping on and it seems like remember what happened, right? Remember what? But um yeah, well, I mean they're playing at home. Uh you know that that has a big uh, motivation in in itself, you know, to uh to put on a performance, you know, in front in front of their home fans and and I think, you know, results at Stamford Bridge this season, you know, haven't yeah. been fantastic. Mm. You know, the you know the kind of football that they've played, it's been a bit um, not, not to say dull over there, but you know it. It, it, it hasn't been fantastic. For you'd the fans. say you'd say Chelsea and Man United are in the same boat. They're, yep. they're kind of rebooting, but you'd say Chelsea are slightly ahead at the moment. Well, they are on the table, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. <laughs> no, well, but in terms of personality, by, by their recent signing, you know, yeah. they're going out and yeah. getting these 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 players, yeah. these promising young yeah. players. Yeah. Whereas you know, United are left to mull on the on the signings that did not happen. Um, and, and it's a case of Chelsea already building and looking forward to next season. You know, they, you talk about the uh, the transfer ban that, that that had hit them. You know, they're not being able to sign players over that one season. But you see, they have got enough stock of of players to to not only prove it prove it this season, but they're already you know um, they can mount a challenge uh, next season as well. No, but it, 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 Chelsea started out really well. Um, you know, playing that the, the kind of attacking football that yeah. you know made us want to watch yeah, them every yeah, week, yeah. right? But it, it has sort of faded off yeah. in, in you know, November, December when the, the fixture congestion and they're now at winless in three in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where it starts to get tricky, not just for Chelsea, but for Frank Lampard on a personal basis. Because earlier in the season, you know, pressure was off his shoulder, transfer ban, you know, minimal expectations. Now they've got someone like Hakim Ziyech coming in in the summer. Yeah. Um, the expectations will start to grow back. And Chelsea themselves, you know, who are not, uh, you know, they, they were, they've never shied away from sacking managers after one season, will be thinking about whether Frank Lampard will be the right man to lead them into... Well, you know, I, I think the transfer ban, you know, in the summer gave 
give him that grace period for this season. Yeah. Um, you know, I think w- with Abramovich as well, where when, when he appointed Lampard, he knew it'll be a little bit different to to what he's had before in terms of what Lampard has done for the club. Um, you know, it was Abramovich who wanted him there at, at the end of the day. So I think you know how ruthless he usually is with with other managers. I think Lampard has that bit of grace period. But that's when the hard work starts. You know, now next season he's going to be, you know, yeah. bringing in his own if, players. I mean, if they don't qualify for the Champions League, yeah. and it's not, it's not impossible to see that scenario. No, yeah, yeah. They're not that far yeah. ahead in, in, in yeah. fourth place. So if they don't qualify for the Champions League, that, that mm. question will start ringing well, in the Champions League. If, if for Greece. example, if Manchester United win this game, then suddenly things are going to not going to be looking... Games. Without a win for the yeah. first time since when? 2016? Yeah. All right, yeah. uh, early early team news for this game. Uh, Tammy Abraham's going to have a late fitness test on his ankle problem. Pro- problem. Uh, Christian Pulisic and uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek not yet ready for return. For United, Nemanja Matic is available after suspension. Obviously, Rashford, Pogba and McTominay still out, but uh, Odian Igalo, yeah. fresh from his... Uh, uh, self-imposed <laughs> incubation period for two weeks. Yeah, um, yeah. We, tr- we we were all saying. Um, I I know he's he's a he's a striker that's probably what tenth on the list. He's come via Chinese football. Um, it's probably an afterthought. You know what I mean? But we were all saying, how nice would it be for a young Nigerian guy who supports Man United yeah. to get his boyhood dream to actually hit it off? Yeah, I mean, and we, you know, it's not the first time United have gone into the loan market before. Yeah, and Henrik um, Larsson, yeah, Henrik Larsson and, and and acquired a striker that made a difference. Yeah. That, you know, and if he has anywhere near the same kind of impact that Henrik Larsson did, you know, um, you know, it, it'd be a successful signing. I think in the pre-match conference as well, um, you know, Solskjaer said, "Look, we're not totally closing the door. You know, if he does well for us, it, there could be a strong possibility that we sign him." He uh, can't work less basis. harder than Anthony Marshall. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His his interview his uh, his interview after signing for Man United with the with MUTV was one of the most genuine and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, interviews yeah, that yeah, I've yeah, watched yeah. from a player signing clip for a very very long time. All he ever spoke about was how proud this makes him, uh, how how happy his family is, yeah. how the fact that if you go you go to Lagos and you go to the middle of his village in Nigeria, they're throwing parties and events and <laughs> and you know gatherings to celebrate, and and the fact that. Uh, you know, tonight when when Igalo takes on the pitch, if he plays, there's going to be a massive event uh, happening in Lagos to celebrate. Wow! You know, his faces are on posters, and the, the way he was speaking about this opportunity for, to play for Man United, he revealed that he took a pay cut. Yeah. You know, insisted yeah. to his agent yeah. that I don't care what the amount is, I want to play, and it's refreshing because you know wh- whether he's effective or not, you know he's going to work. 110% on the pitch. And we love stories like this. Yeah. Well, we love this football for stories like this. This is it. This right? is a proper... I mean, I mean, that's the thing, though. I mean, it's, it's all right. I mean, we love the story and, and, you know, he seems like a genuine guy. But at the end of the day, it's what he does on the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. That, 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 I, I that, think that he's, he's also gonna... got the stats to back up for it. You know, you look at his, his stats record, you know, yeah. uh, even during his Watford days, you know, yeah. very decent stat record. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's got top, close to 50 goals. Yeah. Top strike at the African Nations, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then so not every, too long, roughly the Chinese league as well. People tend to... Uh, belittle the Chinese league, you know, you know, um, uh, not really pay too much attention for it. But but you look at players that have played in the Chinese league, you know, a place like Yannick Carrasco, you know, they, they came back to the yeah. to the European league Paulinho, and they are still Paulinho, Paulinho yeah. yeah, straight to Barcelona. Straight so to Barcelona. so, so don't, yeah. don't really you know dilute the quality of the Chinese league. And uh, Igalo has had a great uh, strike record in the Chinese 
league. And uh, as Kish mentioned, he's coming to United now with so much of passion. Not so much, uh, nothing to lose, you know, coming yeah. in as the 10th yeah. choice striker. Um, everything to gain. Okay, uh, 4am kickoff that one. Chelsea against Manchester United. Final break then. When we come back, we'll talk about the midweek European action. That's next. Where's the try? And he's always prepared to give it a go. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. Captain, leader, legend. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, midweek Champions League. It's the last 16 in the Champions League. And Atletico Madrid will take on Liverpool at the Wanda Metropolitano Stadium. Wednesday, 4am. Uh, Atletico currently fourth in La Liga. They drew 2-2 with Valencia on Friday night. Um, it's probably Diego Simeone's toughest season. I know every season's really tough for Atletico. <laughs> yeah. But Jeremy, they, they they keep losing players. They they've lost Griezmann this year. Diego Godin, which Godin. is I think yeah. their biggest, biggest loss. Yeah. yeah. And and he still manages to keep them in the Champions League places and it's amazing. Yeah. I don't think anyone over the years can can discount you know the job that Diego Simeone has done there. I mean, every year, you know, every time there's a big uh, club that sacks their manager or, or is he like a more leaves. polished he... Sean Dyche? <laughs> <laughs> Foreign well, Dyche. He, he loves it. He loves a one nil. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> um, no, but I mean, you know, for for, for everything you know that, that you say about him, and you know, he's not the most expressive kind of manager. You know, some of the players that they have there are yeah. always yeah. Yeah, exciting to watch. Yeah. You know, you look yeah. at your Joao Felix yeah. in there, yeah, but that, that, you know, that's that's the exact thing. Uh, Joao Felix, I mean, was he came in because yeah. he he, was, he had that flair that very few players have, and there was that, that there was this idea that oh, Joao Felix's arrival at Atletico Madrid is this signaling a new era for, mm-hmm. for Atletico? Are they going to be a bit more expansive? Because a player like Joao Felix, you can't restrict him in a defensive system mm-hmm. uh, but if you look at what a lot of the Atletico fans are saying on social media they feel that you know Felix has been restricted to a large extent by Simeone's uh, it's, it's not bad football because it's, it's got them so far yeah. but it's a slightly more conservative brand of football well uh, it'll be a bit ask against the current uh, European champions we all know well this, what else can you say about Liverpool uh, they're going to be raging favourites for this one They'll probably lose the first leg and then trounce them in the second leg. <laughs> I, I would like to see a battle between Alvaro Morata and Virgil Van Dijk. That I think would be a, would be a key battle mm. with with especially Alvaro, Alvaro Morata having yeah. a, a big part yeah. to play. You know, uh, with uh, with Costa out as well. Uh, Morata did not have the best times in the EPL, but you know he seemed to find seemed to have found his feedback. Boyhood club, in, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. In, in, in Madrid yeah. colors and and what a way, uh, what yeah. a chance for him to. To sort of show that against Liverpool, but but make no mistakes. I mean, Atletico have struggled this yeah. year. Yeah, but none when it of comes us to will Europe. Be, they're, yeah. they're a different kettle of and fish. And on nights yeah. like this, yeah. none of us will be surprised True. if they put on one of the best yeah. defensive performances yeah. we've ever seen in years. Typical Simeone. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, they, but the problem is that they need to do the same thing at Anfield, well, yeah. Yeah. which well, is the second, which is a difficult. Yeah, bit. which is the difficult. Yeah. Bit. I think getting something at home. Um, I mean, I can see them see them doing that. 
Um, but I can see Liverpool scoring. Well, That's this is thing, it. You know? This is it. Yeah. Um, but it, it's the second leg at Anfield for me, which is it, it, how they handle the whole atmosphere and everything like that. Um, all right, rapidly running out of time. Uh, on that same night, whilst Atletico take on Liverpool, Dortmund play PSG. Now that is a tasty tie. Uh, Erling Braut Haaland won the German Player of the Month award, playing just fifty nine minutes of football, <laughs> <laughs> which which is. Yeah, because he scored like 29 goals in that period. I mean, he's an amazing uh, impact uh, impact player, isn't he, off the bench? (laughs) What's it about Norwegians and coming off the bench? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, uh, that's going to be a tasty tie. Uh, Spurs versus Leipzig also looks like it could be very good fun. Right? Uh, I mean, it's fantastic, you know. Some... I mean, that's the beauty of the Champions League. You know, you, you look at it from us when we're over here, right? And it's like, oh, 4 a.m. Then you see Atletico versus Liverpool. And you're like, oh, well, don't mind waking up for that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. um, you know, when you have these kind of quality matches, you know, and you know something special is going to happen. You love those European nights. Um, and, and, you know, for Spurs, you know, it's I, I think, you know, Jose Mourinho back in the Champions League, you know, and, uh, you know, there's always a bit of a... Uh, you know, a story there, you know, when he first kind of burst mm-hmm, onto the mm-hmm. scene, you know, it was the Champions League where everyone took notice of him. Yeah, um, Porto. Yeah, when he was at Porto knocking United out. So so I think that this, you know, and Leipzig have been, have, have been really good as well. They've been brilliant. Yeah. They're, they're one point off the top, uh, them and Bayern, neck and neck. neck they they yeah. 3-0 Werder Bremen this weekend. Yeah. I mean, they're one point T- off the top, but I think it's still quite close between about yeah, four yeah, teams. Yeah, even, even Dortmund yeah. as well. Yeah, Dortmund is still in there. Uh, Timo Werner, uh, there's a lot of talk that he's going to be a Liverpool player come next season. He's sought after, he's young, he's German, he scores goals. Uh, but Leipzig is... is Pretty hated in Germany. <laughs> aren't they? They, they're probably yeah. the most hated club. Yeah, definitely by a mile. It's, uh, it's. I mean, Red Bull. They they are a mini city group. Well, this yeah, is yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. They own they own um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, Salzburg, Salzburg yeah, and they yeah. also own. If you move out of football, they own the uh, ice hockey team in yes, Munich. That's yeah, right. So, yeah. you know, it's, uh, so, yeah, uh, Spurs Leipzig yeah. sounds like good fun, that one. Not too uh, sure about Atalanta Valencia. Well, <laughs> yeah. this is to be it. fair, this could be really fun. Yeah, yeah. we'll yeah. record this one. Yeah. Yeah. Watch the highlights yeah. of this. Yeah. Uh, They're going to prove all of you wrong. It's going to be a nine-goal thriller. <laughs> Mark my words. In the Europa League, uh, it's Club Brugge of Belgium against Manchester United. Now, this one is a Friday 1.55am kickoff. Um, <laughs> I mean, how how do United actually have aspirations of the Europa <laughs> yeah. League? This well, Euro- I mean, what what's at the end of it is the cha- is the yeah, Champions I mean, League. As Mourinho showed us, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get into the top four. You win the Europa yeah, League, you, you know, and it's it's, it's a another brainer. avenue. I yeah. mean, uh, look, they're not out of the race, you know, in the top four. You know, yeah. like, like he said earlier on, you know, Chelsea aren't you know ahead by that much. You know, especially if, if United win tonight. Uh, but you know, regardless, you know, it, it, it's you know, it, first of all, it's a it's a fairly good trophy to win. Yeah. You know, and it's the second uh, best in Europe. But then you know that that Champions League place at the end of it, yeah. you know, it, it's so big. Um, and for for United, for where they are right now, you know, it's something that they really need yeah. to. I'll, I'll some good teams it's a quandary, that. right? Uh, you you have this uh, what last thirty two in the mm, Europa mm, League, mm, and mm. you also have to battle for fourth yeah. place, and you yeah. know. 
There's so many matches to play in the Europa League before yeah. you well, even get to the final, it. and with a depleted squad like United, but there's some good teams in there now, aren't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And before all this, you got Chelsea tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was looking forward to this fixture when it was first announced. Yeah. Because uh, Club Bruges, yeah. un- at least until the end of January, they had a uh, half Malaysian, yeah. half That's Dion right. Kools. Dion Kools. Yeah, Dion Dion Kools, Kools was playing there yeah. at Club Bruges. And they actually um, played against Man United yeah, a couple of years back. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. When they played in the Champions League, yeah. Memphis yeah. Depay, Depay, Luke Shaw. Correct. Yeah, um, but he's he's off. He's off to FC Michelin now. Okay. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, I think there were no there were plans to to try and get him to Over play. Here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he I, cooled I think, off after a while. But well, I think, I think it's very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more you know when you're playing in Europe at, at that kind of level, you know, yeah. to, to to make that 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 drop down. No, no yeah. matter how FC Michelin how is still financially good it is. The Malaysian league. Yeah. yeah, as attractive as JDT might be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> still, um, all right. Wolves take on. Espanyol and you've got Olympiacos against Arsenal as the other Europa League ties. We'll talk about those on the Friday show. For now, we are out of time. So it's thank you, Kishnan. Cheers, Ross. Thank you, Nicholas. Thanks, Ross. And thanks, Craig. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for listening. Everybody, have a great week. Spot you on Friday. Off the ball every Monday on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.